Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Illustration Department Podcast. My name is Giuseppe Castellano. In this podcast, I talk to folks in illustration, graphic design, publishing, animation, and other creative fields about their work, the lessons they've learned, and the bumps and bruises they've experienced along the way. In this episode, my guest is illustrator and author Yuta Bauer. Despite what your family, friends, teachers, strangers, or your inner critic tells you, illustration is a worthy career choice. As Yuta says, illustration is important. Among other topics, Yuta talks about how she went from being a bad pupil, her words, to building a multi-award winning career in illustration. She shares what she has liked and disliked most about her career. And Yuta and I discuss whether illustrators today can, if they work hard enough, change the world. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And I have had a cold for like two weeks and um, I can't shake it for whatever reason. It just wants to, it wants to stay and live in my body forever. It seems like it doesn't want to go away. <laughs> it's the same I had, but then I went to a doctor and he gave me a sort of spray from my nose. And since that everything is away, maybe it was something like a wonder medicine. I know I shouldn't complain because I haven't gone <laughs> to the doctor. I should, I should just go to the doctor, but uh, I'm Italian. We tend to not want to go to the doctor, or at least in my family, we don't. We just we get sick, we complain, and then we go about our day. You know, <laughs> so that's basically it. So you were born on January 9th, 1955, in Hamburg, yes, Germany. I'm old now. No, <laughs> I am. Um, when someone asked you why you chose art as a career path, you said it was because you weren't very good at other things. You described yeah, yourself as a bad that. pupil. Yes, it is true. Were you just not into school or was it something else? I know. I think I'm a sort of very special, gifted person. So I got um, something with with my uh, head maybe not working like other people's heads. Right. So I have this sort of dyscalculia. I don't know what's the right English name for that. I cannot count. Not really good. Mm. Just a few things, and uh, everything what is log- logical is not working so good in my head. Uh, even at sports, I was not really good, and the only thing I could do were things which are not so logical. <laughs> <laughs> like being an artist. And it was like that because I'm a left-handed person, very, very left-handed, mm. and mm-hmm. of course, at that time, I was uh, going to, uh, to school as a pupil. They tried to educate, re-educate left-handed people to draw with the right hand or right. write with the right hand. And But my parents won't allow that. So they said she should not. And so I always had to tell the teachers, I should not. I can uh, I can draw with the light, uh, left hand as right. well as with the right one. And this was uh, my luck because otherwise I would have got very psychological crazy yeah yeah exactly i had a similar experience but it wasn't with school so i mean my parents are italian immigrants and where they come from left-handed sort of is the sign of the devil yeah i was favoring my left hand when i was little my dad said to my mother you need to get him to use his right hand not his left hand and Mm -hmm. it worked so i i became right-handed but i do a lot of left-handed things. 
you know, in sports, I'm left-handed. When I'm holding tools and things, I'm left-handed. I eat left-handed, but I write right-handed. Okay. So I'm lucky because I had a brother five years older than me, and they tried to train him to right-handed. And he really got a little bit of, um, he got some psychological problems in school, and so then my parents, they understood that it was belonging to these training the right hand and so they decided for the younger one me not to do it and not to allow it and I'm lucky my father was a teacher so he had a special authority in the school and when he said she should not the teachers had to follow him (laughs) (laughs) nice Um, but you must not have been that bad of a pupil because the Hamburg University of Applied Sciences accepted you as a student Yes, but that was, you know, from that moment, I, I quitted the uh, the school where we call it gymnasium. You know, the for better education. I don't know how the system is in other countries, but we have this gymnasium mm-hmm. that was. Uh, we had a lot of, you know, mathematics and chemics and physics and all these things. I, I did not manage to to. Um, to be good in that. I always had uh, bad notes which are possible. And then my parents said, you shouldn't go to that school any longer. Please do something you are gifted for to be happy. And I'm so thankful for that because uh, then I quitted the school and I went to the special school for uh, creative things. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning (laughs) of (laughs) being lucky, being happy. So while you were in college, um, something called Beatlemania hit Germany. Did that <laughs> affect you at all? I mean, were you, you know, did that distract you from your studies? Of course. I was there. <laughs> it was 68. And I don't know if the American students know what the 68 years mean in Germany. We started to not to believe our parents any longer. And we, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, listened to... The music of, for example, the Beatles, and they started this musical hair, and I started a sort of strike at home because I wanted to go there, <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. And right. uh, we were organizing ourselves in left uh, revolutionary uh, young people mm-hmm. organizations, and we went to demonstrations and things like that. So. Of course, my first thing was the anti-Vietnam demonstration in Hamburg. So that was the time, and I was part of that. I understand there was a professor at Hamburg by the name of Siegfried Olka. Yeah. And uh, he was a little frustrated with you because apparently you were protesting and not necessarily doing the illustration (laughs) assignments. Yes, he was both. Because I I was um, always uh, one of the speakers mm-hmm. of the left side student, right. the fight for the interests of the students. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. he was always in opposition of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were sometimes fighting against when there were these big uh, assemblies. Sure. And uh, I stood up and said, oh, no, we won't believe that. And we want that. And we want something else. And... And he always said, oh, goodness, Lisiota Bauer, she's always fighting against <laughs> our professors. That was the one side. And the other one was that he was believing in me as an illustrator. Right. So when I came into the 
seminar with a um, with the arm packed with flyers and things like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. He said, "Oh, you're doing so. Please sit down." When I started drawing, he always said, "You can do what you want now. You silly things, but you will become an illustrator mm -hmm. because." He saw my talent in a way. And so he was always holding my back. Right. So I'm very thankful to him because he always said, if you were more um, eager on drawing, you would be very good, um, would become a very good illustrator. And right. that was, of course, you need people who believe in you. So sure. it wasn't like that. Would you have become an illustrator if it wasn't for his support, do you think? Yes, I think he supported me a lot because when I was uh, finishing my studies, he organized that I could illustrate um, English school books. Mm -hmm. And I did it for exam. And it was a very big and uh, yeah, quite successful work. And, you know, when I finished studying with that work, I can go to the book fair. I could go to the book fair with that. And... Mm -hmm. uh, say, this is the book I did, and now please let me do another one. This is another uh, start point. It was sure. really good that he did it for me. Was that your first professional illustration job? Yeah. I did at the, when I was studying, I did a lot of, you know, these students' magazines and all these political things. They right. needed illustrations too, so I did a lot of that. But you weren't getting was... paid for it, though. No. I did it just for for political interests. And right. of course, I did a lot, but uh, that was not professional. It was not paid. And these school books, they're existing until now. That wow. was my first professional yeah. job. That was what, 1980, 81? Somewhere the, around there? Yeah, it took some time. But uh, I think finishing when I finished studying, it was 80, 81. Yeah. yeah. So over the next few decades, you illustrated more than 40 books by my count. Maybe it's more. You worked I never on. Counted them, did you? I did tried. You? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried. Um, couldn't count them. There are a lot of books that should be forgotten because they are <laughs> not good. <laughs> um, and then you also created cartoons for periodicals. Yes, it was a long time because I did uh, about seven years. I was the cartoonist from these quite well-known uh, woman magazine, Brigitte. It's the mm -hmm. name, Brigitte. And uh, mm -hmm. it was quite hard to do, not every week, every two weeks then, uh, to have a page yeah. with a story, which always is read by more than two million people. So it was stressy. Yeah, I think I was <laughs> sometimes quite stressed with that. What were you stressed about? I wanted to be good. I, I knew that everyone, nearly everybody in Germany read that. If right. he didn't buy it, he read it at the, at the doctor's. Sure. <laughs> the waiting yeah. room. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was not just a one for the feminist woman like the Emma or a magazine for just students. Mm -hmm. It was read by the uh, by the president's uh, wife and by one people living on the street. Yeah. So it should be fit. It should fit to everybody, and right. this is a difficulty. Did you have people reaching out to you about your cartoons? 
Oh, a lot. That was a t- part of the stress because when I went to, to into holidays, when they brought out that I'm the cartoonist from the Brigitte, for me it seemed a little bit to be like that. The fun uh, ended because then they started to tell me a lot of stories I didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And they uh, said how much fan they are and... Uh, mm-hmm. They made proposals for new stories and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought, oh, it could be good. It would be better to be incognito right. if so, I'm on holidays. Or when I went to the butchers, of course, the butcher woman said, oh, I saw your cartoon last week and it was so interesting. Ha, ha, ha. I started to get a little prominent and this is um, not always fun. Not a fan of fame, are you? Yes, a little bit, but of course, if you are the cartoonist, you are not as famous as people uh, in, sure. in, in the TV, but right. it started Still. to get a little bit like that. You, 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 are, you do things which are very seen. Recognition isn't normally what an illustrator has to deal with, normally, yeah. normally. Normally, we live in these nice, cozy right. book corner of the exactly. world, and there are some people who know your work, but not so much. Exactly. And if I say to people, maybe on the market or somewhere, do you know Axel Scheffler, they will say no. Exactly. What did you like most about being an illustrator? What do you like most? Maybe it changed a little bit in, the, in a long illustrator's life. But just now, I really prefer the ideas and the storyboards and the concepts. And what I think it's quite boring sometimes is bringing a book to the end, Mm. doing every trouser red and every tree green and uh, photoshopping until it's dead. (laughs) 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 And so I prefer... Just now, I, I think it's interesting to do cooperations with young illustrators so they can do every trouser red and I do more or less the characters and the yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. What do you like the least? This is a misunderstanding of most of the young illustrators that they uh, have to draw the whole day. Right. <laughs> Just sitting there and being create, creative for... Uh, eight hours a day, and this is not like that. You have a lot of mails, for example, or a lot of these administration things. You have to organize your professional life. It takes a lot of time. You have a little, um, you have a sort of a company, just one woman company, but yeah. for that you have assurances, taxes, and you have all these things, and this is quite... It's, it's annoying. It takes time. Yeah. That can be a trick. You know, it's hard to be creative, period. But then you also have to be creative while also having in the back of your mind, I have to remember to do my taxes this week. I have to yeah. remember to respond to emails. I have to remember to, you know, make sure that if you set yourself up as a corporation that you have to, you know, make sure that you, did you pay your corporation fee? You know, it's like, there's a lot of the business part of being an illustrator that we certainly didn't learn in art school. Mm. Yes. And until now it's not teached. I think 
it's not teached enough at the schools no. because they uh, they quit school without <laughs> knowing right. that. I I see it when I, uh, I talk to the young illustrators which are doing summer academies with me or things like that. And yeah. I say you should know that you you should learn very early to be self-organized and yeah. even to be alone. You should look for corporations, you should look for information, you should look for help and things like that. And they don't know that mostly. Yeah, that's. I think that's one of the harder aspects of being an illustrator is the aloneness. The the not not loneliness. It's the 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 aspect of being alone. You're working yeah. for the most part by yourself, and so having that personal drive isn't something that is a renewable energy. You have to feed it, and sometimes it yeah. wanes. You know, I I actually had this feeling maybe it's the cold talking but i've been a little exhausted the past few weeks it's a little harder to get out of bed it's a little bit harder to you know go to the gym it's a little bit harder to do really anything and maybe maybe it is just the cold talking but you know who knows what it is but it, it you just have to accept that that's it happens it'll pass what can you do to stoke it what can you do to bring it back to you know yes and normal. you have to bring out what is uh, what is helping you to be in a good creative mood and this right. may be a difficulty too because you have to to look very uh, exact at yourself mm-hmm. and if you are staying the whole day in the pyjama and feeling lazy and uh, drinking uh, 21 cups of coffee. And so it may be not the, the g- a good idea for being creative. So you get nervous and lazy and everything. And, and um, that sounds, that sounds like a hell of a Saturday to me, but I don't know if that's a good <laughs> idea on a weekday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But some illustrators, they do, you know, uh, yeah. we, we were looking for organizing ourselves in the atelier with a lot of um, other artists so we can have, um, I can put, in the morning, I have to put my trousers on and mm-hmm. to go there. And then I can, if I want to talk to other people, I can go down and have right. a coffee with them. And right. so to have this balance with, with contact and loneliness and uh, being um, um, awake mm-hmm. and not lazy is a thing you have to learn very hard. And I think, I, I'm not sure if I learned it to the end. <laughs> oh, I, I, I work, I struggle with it. I definitely struggle with it. Being raised by immigrants helped for sure. There's a work ethic that was sort of built in and taught to me. But I mean, do I would I rather just yeah lay in my pajamas and drink twenty one cups of coffee all day long? Sure, um, but then you just won't be able to get to you know professionally what you want to get to. Mm, yes, and even you must accept that there is nobody, nobody, even not the publishers, telling you what you have to do, and there are a lot of people who cannot do yeah, that that's true. because. They always need somebody who says, 
no, please, you have to do that. Yeah. Please hurry up and so on. But you don't have a professional mother who always says, hurry up. You have to do it by yourself. So this yeah. may be one of a very, very um, important uh, thing you should know for these right. For and, this job. And you should know about yourself too. I think that's a hard realization to come to. I don't know if anyone who wants to be an illustrator can automatically be an illustrator because some illustrators just can't. They don't have the self drive. They don't have the, yeah. you know, they, they need the collaboration or, you know, they need the structure of, of you know, maybe a, a different kind of job, not a solo job, but something else where you're part of a team might be might be better for you. Mm. And that's a hard realization to come to, I think, for a lot of folks. Yes, yes. You, you said back, back in the 80s, you had this sense as a young illustrator that if you worked hard enough, you could change the world. In what sense? It was not just um, depending on illustrations. I think it's maybe the great difference to the uh, generation, for example, when my son started studying. Mm -hmm. it, they started in a different mood because that were the times where it was hard to find a job and that was different to our generation because we really, not only in professional things, also in political things, we really believed in that we, if we work hard enough and we are enough creative and enough um, courage mm -hmm. full of courage courage yeah, the, yeah courage you have <laughs> yeah. enough courage mm -hmm. courage yep. um, we were able we would be able to change things mm -hmm. and I think this is such a different to, to today it would be interesting to talk uh, to ask students if they are believing in that the world could become better by things they do yeah but this is a motor if you believe in that you think sure. oh i will do some things and then people will see that and then think okay we will have more peace or have more right done. i mean i obviously can't speak for my entire generation generation x or any other generation but my feeling is the answer is yes to that i feel like younger generations do feel that way, but again, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt to generalize what an entire generation or generations of people think they can do. But I like to believe that's true. I'm not sure, but I, but I always had the feeling we were such a lucky generation because we, we were growing up in this really period of peace and uh, right, right safeness. Right. Among many honors, you received the German Youth Literature Award, the Astrid Lindgren Memorial Award, and in 2010, the Hans Christian Andersen Award for your lasting contribution to children's literature. Not bad for bad people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it is luck. Maybe it's luck, but maybe it's also this uh, talent. Yeah. And this talent is a gift. Yeah, there's a little luck involved. Not, not, I'm not saying with you. I'm just saying in general as an illustrator, to be a successful illustrator, it's not even luck. You put your work out there enough. It gets I, seen enough. Things happen. I talked about the talent. And the talent 
of course, is in a way a gift, but it is a gift also from from parents and from uh, society and from brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. know what else. But I think teachers. one very yeah teachers or professors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or publishers. You know, I had I'm I'm a sort of I always say. I got a professional father, and this is Jochen Gelberg, the publisher. He was a sort of professional father for me. He made me grow mm-hmm. and uh, connected me with uh, Christine Nöstlinger and all these authors where I could right. work with. Right. That was a little luck, but also maybe a talent to get connected to people, to get connected in a it was sympathy and with uh, not just cool, being cool and professional, drinking wine in the evening together <laughs> and making ideas by right, that. Right. This may be part of the talent too, the guy sure. uh, a person who, who can do that. Right. And in another way, and I think quite important also for students in, uh, of illustration is that I think... Uh, the half of the talent I may have is not uh, drawing, it's creating stories. And creating stories is something I got from my father because he was a storyteller. He was always telling stories and jokes and it is a gift. Right. You know, if you right. can do that in, the, in a good way, not boring. Yeah. By storytelling, having never losing the idea of the dramaturgia, the the concept of the story, you right. know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I always maintain that there, it's a, it's not enough to just be good at drawing, good at composition, no. good with your colors, good with painting, whatever the medium you choose, good with that. You can be good at all of those things, but if you're not telling a story, if you're not saying something interesting sharing how you feel about something or sharing what you think about something through your illustration that that's what gets people to pay attention, follow you, hire you, represent you, tell a good story, share how you feel about something. If you can do those two things, you're in good shape. Yes. (laughs) Maybe. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it may be more than a half Oh, for sure. I think it is. Can be, because, you know, there are a lot of uh, illustrators I know. They are very um, good uh, drawers and very good painters and very artistic and very stylish. But these things stay cold and uh, they may not touch people. Right. After winning the Hans Christian Andersen Award, someone told you that you were the world's best illustrator. You didn't agree with them. <laughs> you shouldn't believe things like that. They say it for the press. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a best? I think always all these uh, rankings, they are, you know, I'm not good in that. I'm not good in that because, of course, I people ask you which is the best music. Would you say the Beatles or Bach or hmm. uh, Mozart? It's impossible because... There was more than one thing you like very, very much. And this is what children do, you know. Children always ask. I had a a little 
son, a little boy, where I was looking for, and he was a little bit handicapped, and so he was asking asking me the whole day, which car do you like most, and which tree do you like most, and I could never answer because I said. Mm. I think a Mercedes may be a good car in another <laughs> day. <laughs> Mercedes, more. Yeah, if you can afford it, sure. It's a nice car. Uh, but, uh, of course, I may say Tove Janssen, I may say uh, Tomi Ungerer, I may say Sampé. Oh, and gosh. Some more. <laughs> those, are, those three are... I mean, I try not to, I try not to rank. I don't know. I, I think the... I feel like illustration isn't is if not entirely subjective 95 percent subjective but the three illustrators you just mentioned are easily in my top 10 especially tommy <laughs> ungerer yeah oh my god do you have another one which we, you could oh say? maybe i would agree well um a few sure let me see now you put me on the spot all right hold on uh definitely tommy ungerer beatrix potter okay. taro gomi I would say Alan Say. Arugomi, of course, I know, but I think he's not really well known here. But which one I really will have in my ranking under the top 10 mm -hmm. is uh, FK Wächter. And this is, I think he is very German and very special for not so well known in the world. I don't know him. Say his name again? Friedrich? Yeah. <laughs> Karl. Yeah. And then Wächter. W A E C H T E R. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I need to look them up. He's not translate, translated so much because mm. even his sort of humor is very, it's very special for Germans, I think, because he's, he's connected so much to the um, romantic things and things like that. Right, but he's of course one of the most well-known um, cartoonists and artists, uh, even for children books in the of the '68 generation. Right. The minute you and I hang up, I'm going to think of 10, 15 other illustrators yeah. I should have mentioned. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Moving on. Mm -hmm. But it's always interesting to to realize. How different it is in, in other countries. You know, we have these two German parts we had until right. '89, and then I started teaching in the in the eastern part in Weimar, mm -hmm. and um, it was so interesting to talk to the students because, of course, they did not know our book heroes, and we didn't know their book heroes. So we had a very very different culture of illustration and uh, children books and things like that. Right. You said that people don't respect book illustration because it's, quote, just for children. Then you went on to say that things for children are important. Illustration is a very old art and it is very important. Do you still feel that children's book illustration doesn't receive the proper amount of respect these days or has that changed? I think it may have changed a, a little, but if, if you look at uh, the administration things, for example, just now we are fighting in uh, Germany or in Hamburg to have a sort of illustrator's archive where the works can stay 
if the illustrators are dead or sick or right. just to, for, to keep them. Right. And it's so astonishing that things like that are not existing. There are very, very few, and the museums and the uh, cultural institutions or the bibliotheques or the governments, they are not seeing that problem. They, they are, are caring a lot about art and every, you know, our cultural minister, he, he's quite a good one, but he's more interested in theater and opera and things like that than in book illustration. This is what we always recognize, and maybe it's getting a little bit better with uh, comics and graphic novels now. We have sort of boom, and of course, people uh, see that more than 10 years or 20 years ago. Right. But all these other things, also the um, residences and stipendium we say where you get money for some projects mm. there are existing a lot of things for the free art for the painting and sculpturing and things and very very few for uh, illustrators mm -hmm. how important is illustration i think if you uh, talk about the importance you should talk about children so it may be a thing that is very important, not only illustration, of course, these storytelling, these uh, mm -hmm. having stories, having pictures with stories is so important for growing up. Maybe sculptures or films or things like that are not as important for a child than this. Right. I think it may be music and it may be stories and illustration i couldn't agree more when we think about like how important illustration is or whether or not it's getting the right amount of credit or respect anyone who disagrees with that like oh illustration schmillustration who cares when we're born one of the first things you're introduced to music mm -hmm. and not just art illustration yeah. Is one of the very first things you're introduced to. Yeah. Like on week one. Yes, it is. And this is what's making me sometimes angry if I feel the arrogance of the um, right of the free artists, you know. Exactly. I always feel that they think, oh, God, the illustration. This is just a low thing, you know. I mean, <laughs> illustration is introduced to you before pretty much anything else in your life. Yeah. For, I'm just I'm talking to the people who are like, oh, what's illustration? Big deal. But the problem may be exactly that what you just said and uh, what I meant. We're immediately talking about children when we are talking about illustration. Uh, you know, most people in the cultural area or in the world, they are um, not respecting children things as much as grown-up things. Right. Even they are laughing a little bit at us. You know, I was showing a little figure I did last weekend to a friend of mine who was a politician, and he was really looking at me a little bit strange and saying, in a way, you are like a child. And I said, yes, <laughs> this is good. Thank you, yeah. You shared this piece of advice. You said that if you want to do good work as an illustrator, 
you have to try to keep a little bit of that child inside you. Yes. Be simple and authentic, which is a fantastic piece of advice. It is. But what does it mean to be authentic? It's something that I, I struggle with as a teacher. I, I agree with you. Yeah, be yourself. But what does that mean to be yourself? I mean, when we say to people, be yourself, we're assuming that them being themselves is the right answer. Their selves is enough. And is, is that true? I think bringing out who you are, and this is, of course, being yourself, is one of the hardest things in life. Being an artist is a hard job. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. To bring out what is the thing you want to tell, what is the thing you, what is touching you. Mm-hmm. So yes, okay, I may be childish, but I like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that I, I think about a lot, just trying to figure out what does that mean. Yeah. Is there a better way to teach that when you yeah. teach illustration than to say, be authentic, be yourself? This is what I do mostly, and I, I agree with you really, because I think being authentic, training your way to look at the world, seeing things which other ones do not see, or being touched by things, this is what we have to teach or what we have to learn as an illustrator. This is one of the most important things, more than colors and uh, Right. So there are illustrators listening in on this conversation. What would be one last piece of advice that you would want to share with the Mm. illustrators listening directly? I don't know if I'm the right one to give advices. (laughs) Sure you are. I think um, one thing I always want to say, or I always do say to students, is, um, I don't know if it was Picasso who said it or some important artist, but he said the virtuosity is the enemy of the art. And this is the thing, we, it's very uh, dangerous for us to do things more and more perfect and more and more, uh, even by photoshopping, more and more uh, stylish and correct. The more you do it, the more they lose the uh, the art <laughs> or the uh, the possibility to touch other people's things. Those are very simple and in a way a little wrong may uh, be better than things which are so so uh, so perfect and so finished. And this is what we do so often, even I do. And I, I'm not sure if I learned it because I always see, I love sketches and I, I think they are so good. And then I start to finish that whole book and then it's getting cold and boring. And this is what we, most of us, have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you understood what I mean. No, totally. Completely understood. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like the difference between like fresh food and overcooked food, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you have to know when to stop. 
To learn more about Utah, visit utah-bauer.info. If you find value in this podcast, please consider supporting it as a patron. Become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash illustration D-E-P-T. In return, you can receive our soft enamel pin, a reusable discount code for 10% off, access to dozens of patron-only episodes that we call Extra Credit, and more. This podcast is produced by the Illustration Department, a global leader in online education for illustrators. Visit illustrationdept.com for class offerings, testimonials, the alumni showcase, the podcast show notes, our forum, the bookshop, and more. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.